Thanks for listening to The Chapel Podcast. At The Chapel Church, our passion is to share the hope of Jesus to individuals, the community, and the world. Listen in as Pastor Brandon Joyner shares an encouraging and challenging message from God's Word. I'd like to take just a few moments this morning, I won't take long, but to share with you something that the Lord has laid upon my heart that goes right in this section of the response. As many of you were uh, paying attention as we uh, went along, we kind of progressed through the story and then we showed this clip of the wise men and how they had been reading the scriptures and they've been reading the Old Testament and they understood the prophecy that was being taken place and then they went out in faith to be able to go find the Lord Jesus. And then we see this song that we just sang, O Come All You Faithful, and this call for the faithful to be able to come and worship Jesus Christ. But If you could, for just a few moments this morning, take your Bibles and turn with me to Matthew chapter 2. I'm going to share with you just a few verses to give you really three perspectives of what took place when Jesus Christ came to the earth. And those perspectives are exactly what take place within us here in America and the, uh, the century that we are in today and the time period that we are in right now. As you have the wise men, um, did we understand that really, if you were to look at the manger scene uh, throughout the community or whatever, you'll see the, uh, right, the shepherds and then you'll see the wise men, which is actually not biblically accurate because by the time the wise men actually made their way to Jesus, many scholars estimate that Jesus was more like two years old approximately because it took them about that time to be able to actually get there and find Jesus Christ. But in Matthew chapter 2, what we see here is this narrative of the wise men and looking for Jesus. It says, Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who was born the king of the Jews? Now, what's interesting is that this same exact question was asked by both the wise men and King Herod. So they both started with the same uh, desire, and that was to find this Messiah, Jesus Christ. But it continues on. It says, For we have seen the star in the east and have come to worship him. That's the first perspective when it comes to Jesus Christ coming to earth. You have the wise men. They heard that Jesus Christ was born. And what did they do? They left. They went in faith to come and worship Jesus Christ. Think about that for a moment. That represents those that are genuine followers of Christ. Everybody can have their Jesus, and I mean this in a respectful way. Everybody has their Jesus when it comes to the Christmas time. And we, I was talking to, I won't say her name because I know we're on live stream, but I was talking to a, a lovely lady in our church uh, just yesterday who teaches in a school in the area. And one of the things that they were supposed to do in the school is have all these different religions come and present their version of Christmas. Ramadan and Kwanzaa and all these other things they were supposed to represent. And when this teacher asked the principal, can I tell them about Christianity? Well, she didn't even use the word Christianity. Can I tell them about Christmas? The principal hesitated. She said, well, I, I don't know because we're We're referencing Ramadan and all these other ones. I don't know how that will mesh together. Have you ever thought about why all the other religions in the world are accepted, but as soon as you mention Christmas or Jesus Christ, all of a sudden people get upset? There must be something about this Jesus for people to be so upset. You had the wise men. They heard this uh, Jesus was born and they read all these scriptures and they went in faith to what? To worship Jesus. But then you had King Herod. 
King Herod asked the same question. Where was this Jesus? We see in verse 3, when Herod heard this, he was what? He was troubled. The wise men went and worshipped. Herod was bothered. He was troubled. Jesus also does that to people. Jesus is an inconvenience to life, an inconvenience to family, an inconvenience to schedule, to finances, an inconvenience to what I want to do. Why was Herod so upset? The Bible says that he was threatened because he thought that this Jesus would overtake the throne of Herod. And we understand that Jesus Christ was the king of the Jews. See, Herod, here's the interesting thing, Herod believed who Jesus was. Think about that for a moment. Herod believed that Jesus Christ, obviously, was something to be spoken of regarding what the Old Testament prophets predicted, but that does not mean that Herod was a follower of Christ. See, people out here, I believe that one of the reasons why people get so upset is because in their heart, they really believe that there is something to this Jesus, but they don't want him because Jesus is an inconvenience. Jesus is a bother. And so therefore, they become troubled. Herod was troubled. But we see a third response. We see those that are just outright worshiping Jesus. They give their life to Jesus. And then we see those like Herod that are completely against Jesus. They're antagonistic to the Savior of the world. But then there is another group that I do believe a lot of churches are filled with. Not every single one, but a lot of churches are filled with today. And that is those that are fans of Jesus. Take your Bibles and flip over very quickly to uh, John chapter 6. John chapter 6. In John chapter 6, we see Jesus, uh, he had grained a huge following of people. Uh, if you were to think about it in our day terms, he could go like what Billy Graham did back in the day, and he would pack out stadiums with his teaching. People would flock towards him. He was the most popular person alive during his earthly ministry. People flocked from all over the region to find this. Jesus. It appeared from a world standpoint that this man Jesus was truly successful. He was one of the most dynamic leaders that ever lived. He was a man that was certainly worth, at least the world's eyes, following, tweeting, Instagramming. This man Jesus had it all together. But see, Jesus knew the hearts of the people that were following him. And so in John chapter 6, he begins to reveal to them who he truly was. But then he narrows it down and he basically says in so many words, if you are going to be a genuine follower of me, you have to give me everything. Not just your finances, not two hours a week on a Sunday, not two hours in the morning. You have to give me everything, your heart, your entire life. That's what set people apart. We see in John chapter 6, beginning in verse 60, it says, Therefore many of his disciples. Now, it's interesting that the Bible talks about this word disciples, right? Disciples means, in this context, followers, uh, those that were fans of Jesus, but it's not genuine disciples. How many people refer to themselves as a Christian, but they certainly are not genuine followers of Christ? It says, uh, many of his disciples, when they heard this, they said, this is a hard saying. Who can understand it? After Jesus Christ talked about how you must give your entire life to me. Jesus Christ says in verse uh, 61, it says, When Jesus knew in himself that his disciples complained about this, he said to them, Does this offend you? What if then you should see the Son of Man ascend where he was before? It is the Spirit who gives life, the flesh that profits nothing. The words that I speak to you are a spirit and they are life. But there are some of you who do not believe. 
Imagine the crowd. Whoa, 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 Jesus, what, what do you mean I don't believe? I'm here, aren't I? No, you're here for the benefits that Jesus brings you. You're here because he's popular. You're here because he's hashtag worthy for your Instagram. He's here because he makes you feel good. He's here because he healed your eyes and made the lame to walk. That's why you're here. But you don't believe in who he is. And then he continues on and he says here, um, for Jesus knew from the beginning, and he said, therefore I have said to you that no one can come to me unless it has been granted to him by the Father. He's talking about the drawing into the Father, and then those that respond to that draw in. In verse 66, it says this, and this is the, one of the saddest, most heart-wrenching verses in all of Scripture. From that time, many of his disciples went back and what? Walked with him no more. Jesus, w -w -w wait a minute, Jesus. You're good for me to come and listen to you. And I appreciate the benefits that you give, but I'm not giving you my life. I'm not giving you my heart. What you're asking me to do is too great of a call. Many of his disciples left and walked with him no more. That's the followers. So you have three responses. You have the wise men who left everything, everything that they were comfortable with, everything that they knew and that they were familiar with, and even their own status themselves, and they went to find this baby Jesus, and they fell down, and they worshipped him. This little baby. Herod was upset. Believed Jesus was there, but it was an inconvenience to his life and his goals and his ambitions, and so he got upset, and he wanted to kill Jesus. And how many people today want to theoretically kill Jesus. And then you had the fans. Jesus, I like the benefits that you give. I like everything. I love the idea about Jesus. I have a Jesus Christmas ornament on my tree. We read the Jesus story every Christmas Eve. I am a fierce follower of you, but come January 2nd, when you're asking for my entire life, no, 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 I'm good. Jesus, you're asking for too much. That's a fan. Not a genuine follower. So my question here this morning, and I'm not going to take for granted that anyone in here is, is a follower of Christ. Of course, that's between you and God. But I will never stop by God's grace preaching the gospel. My prayer this morning is, are you coming to the Lord in a faithful ambition to follow Him this Christmas? Have you given Jesus everything? Look at our society today. Look at, look at church across the board today. Not just ours across the board Look at the fluctuation of attendance, and I know there's so, several different reports of people leaving the church and this, that, and the other, fill in the blank. It's not because Christianity is dying out. It's because Christianity, for many people, was never, the, never in their heart to begin with. They like the benefits. So my prayer this morning is that this Christmas, if you have never made a decision to give Jesus everything, that you would do so this Christmas. Because not only will that be the greatest and again, I mean this in a respectful way. Christmas present to our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, it will be the greatest thing that you could ever receive yourself. I want to close before we sing this final song with the lyrics of a song that is really kind of the opposite of what we just sang. And many of you have heard it before. It's a fairly new song by Sovereign Grace called, O Come, All You Unfaithful. The lyrics go like this, O come, all you unfaithful, come weak and stable, come, know you are not alone. O come, barren and waiting ones, weary of praying, some are come, see what your God has done. Christ is born, Christ is born, Christ is born for you. Jesus says in John chapter 10, verse 10, that the thief 
does not come to accept, to steal, and to kill, and destroy, but he says, I have come that they might have life, and that they may have it more abundantly. Jesus changes our entire life. Jesus also says in Matthew chapter 11, verse 28, come to me, all you who are labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Many people take that to believe that if you're tired and you're weary, come to Jesus and he'll give you rest. That's not what he's talking about there. He's actually talking about the Pharisees and their attempt to keep the law, and what the law was designed to do was make you weary. You can't keep the law. I can't keep the law. Jesus says, stop trying, come to me, and I will give you rest. Because my burden, the grace that I offer, is the only thing that will give you rest. But yet so many people reject that. My prayer this morning is that this Christmas, if you've never given your heart and your life to Christ, that you would give it to Him today.